She was a Paris top model, and then she became a harem wife, and years later started the clothing brand named Roxy. Stay tuned for Jill Dodd. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. I am Veronica Bariga here with the lovely and uh, very talented Jill Dodd. Welcome. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good. Good, good. Nice to be in L.A. Yeah, that's right. You're from up north, right? Well, I'm from here originally, but 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 I live up north now. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So we are here to talk about um, The Currency of Love. This is her memoir that uh, just came out, and uh, you just had a book release party for this, right? Well, yeah, we did. Had we it. had a huge party in Newport Beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. First, I started in Carlsbad with a book club meeting okay. with, like, 12 women. Yeah. And that was really great. Really, really great. And then yeah. um, two days later, I did a big party in Newport, Yeah, and it was awesome. Yeah. Great. So awesome. for the so this is really interesting to me because when I found out that the founder of Roxy wrote a memoir, I just initially thought that it would go from your childhood to sort of where you are now. Right. But this is very fascinating. Because you <laughs> did some stuff. Okay. You did some stuff. She did some stuff. Did That's some crazy right. stuff. Tell them, tell them about where, you know, well, where this takes uh, place and sort of why you decided to cover it this way. Okay. Well, originally I wrote it to be, you know, the, my whole life, but yeah. it was too long and it really covered too many topics. Sure. Um, because, you know, do you talk about modeling? Do you talk about harems? Do you talk about sexual abuse? Do you talk about, you know, I had two abusive marriages later on oh, in wow. life. And then I also started a bunch of companies and I raised three kids and I yeah. was a single mom and now oh, I've wow. been married for almost 20 years. Oh, wow. So it's just so many different topics. Um, I felt that it would be too confusing. Sure. So I wanted to really focus it in and keep it tight. And I, I also wanted it to be an adventure story and yeah. really entertaining. I didn't want it to be, yeah. you know, really heavy. I, I wanted it to be a fun story, but but telling the truth. So this is this this is great. This is your youth. It pretty much starts at eighteen, and you take us to like twenty one, twenty two ish. Right. What tell tell the viewers what was happening during that time. Well, I fell into modeling accidentally. Yeah. I was working at a swimwear company as a fit model, which is like a production model where they fit the suits to your body. I happened to have the perfect measurements for a size 8 swimsuit. So I was um, a sample cutter and assistant designer yeah. and gopher and, you know, Everything. held down the front desk during lunch, you yeah. know, did whatever. Um, but I went on a photo shoot to dress the models because I knew who would look good in what. So there was like 10 or 12 models at the Ron Harris studio in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And um, he fired one of the girls on the spot because she was too tiny and she was too short and too little. Okay. And then he's like, well, why aren't you in a suit? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not a model. I'm just, (laughs) just dressing the girls. I love that. And he said, well, today you're a model. You're a model. And and that was the beginning of everything. Really? You you accidentally fell into this. And I made the money that day because I went back to the, I went back to the, my boss and I said, 
can I get paid like all the other girls? Yeah. So instead of making $4.25 an hour, I got 800 for the day. Yeah, you're, you're a negotiator. <laughs> this is something, this book, she negotiates at 16, oh. then, you know, at 18. It, it's very, very amazing. I tried. Very, uh, good um sort of independent um you know this this craving of being independent um and i want to talk about where where that comes from because you probably would not had ended up in paris had it not been for your upbringing right right so can you yeah yeah i had um i i grew up in a an unusual home my i my dad was you know in my words my dad i think is addicted to pornography oh wow and um, it was very inappropriate for yeah. kids to grow up um, with the way that my parents behaved to each other. And um, they were also physically abusive to my sister and I. Yeah. Um, verbally, physically, we really weren't allowed to have opinions on yeah. food or choice. On food? No, we had to, you know, Are eat you whatever me? we were given. We couldn't choose a salad dressing or a... A drink like a soft drink or I didn't like soft drinks because they burned my throat but I had to have them anyway I mean wow. there was just no um choice yeah so I was really taught that I didn't matter and my opinion didn't matter I couldn't ask questions yeah um so as I became a teenager I wanted to break free I yeah. wanted out so bad and I almost moved out when I was just before I turned 16, I oh, actually wow. rented an apartment because I was making enough money. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my dad asked me to stay longer and they said they would like ease up on me, which they did. Okay. They did. So I had more freedom, thankfully. Yeah. But I was just determined to work my tail off until I could support myself and be free. And, and get out. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you um, I just kind of want to read what, what you wrote because it, it just stood out to me. Um, you said... Um, your parents gave you a, quote, toxic upbringing. I tippy-toed through my childhood for fear of my dad, um, and he his sexual dominance put me in an eternal straitjacket of fear and confusion, which would take me decades to heal. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why um, Why was it important for you to, to put some of that? Because that's heavy stuff, you know, and... and uh, yeah, I mean, what, why was it vital that you that you incorporate that in, in this story? Well, a good friend of mine who is in the book business, he's just a dear friend of mine. Um, I I originally did not want to put anything about my childhood in it. Yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to kind of like save my parents and not expose them. They're still alive. Yeah. So um, originally, I didn't have the childhood in there. And then he said, and he's a professional, and he said, if you don't put that in there, people will not understand how you wound up in a harem. Yeah. Because probably a girl with a really strong background with solid parents and strong role models would not wind up in a harem. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Going through the things that I did. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's kind of start from the uh, from the beginning here. So you uh, you were working at sixteen. You were working two jobs. Yeah. Then that led into falling into this whole modeling thing. Right. Then at you go through some agencies here in LA. Yes. They're kind of sketchy. The sketchy one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had a sketchy one. <laughs> Well, maybe, yeah, I don't want to give it away too much, but she she finds an agent in L.A., and they're all very interested, but unfortunately, this lady ends up being a sketchball. 
So yeah. you are craving a real agency. Yeah, I wanted to do fashion, not like sexy stuff. I was yeah. only 18. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I wanted to do like 17 and teen, yeah. but, you know, 17's <laughs> in New York, so I couldn't do that because I was in LA. But I didn't want to do the lingerie catalogs. I felt yeah. uncomfortable, and that was right, right where she sent me the first first interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I read that, I go, oh, honey, please, you know, find a good agent. And yeah. and, and you did tell them, this is very lucky what you got. You signed at... Wilhelmina. The- yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You- I was on a commercial. I was doing a commercial for Sprite. Yeah. And um, another model was there. And um, anyway, I keep her a secret but anyway she was there okay oh do we know her name yeah she's famous so many people had to change their names oh my god i can imagine yeah Yeah. so i'm (laughs) hiding everyone um anyway she recommended her agent yeah she said you've got to you've got to go to wilhelmina and i did and they signed me on the spot which was great that's amazing yeah that's like the jackpot i mean really they were great yeah so you everything changed instantly when i got with them you're much, probably so excited. Much better interviews, much more clean situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on your way. So then, okay, so now you you are this L.A. transplant. You find yourself in Paris, and maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. Is, is some of the stuff, I don't want to give away too much, but mm-hmm. some of the stuff we read about is sort of your trials and tribulations in, in that city and, and finding your way. Right, right. Um, and I thought yeah. that I could... I had success in, in Los Angeles, so I thought I could go to Paris and oh, they're gonna they're gonna want me. Yeah, you know, I'll get my tear sheets from French Vogue and yeah. L, and I'll be back and working in New York. Yeah, and then I'll make it. You know, yeah, but it was so hard because I was this sunny California commercial looking girl, and Paris wanted the moody fashion model <laughs> like act like you're on heroin kind of thing. Sure, sure, just different. Yeah, so I had to really learn how to like close my mouth they didn't like my teeth I had to close my mouth I had to look off into the distance it wasn't like connecting with the camera sure it's completely different I had yeah, to learn. because you do have a very sunny deposition yeah you know? I'm a happy <laughs> person and yeah. they didn't really like that <laughs> <laughs> tone it down yeah let's uh, let's take a look uh here this is uh this that's th- French Vogue that's French Vogue ladies yeah. and gentlemen wow is that uh I would frame that if I if I were you oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my kids want to see that stuff <laughs> Which one? Uh, so you are on the you right. Live right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how old were you in, in that photo? I was 20. 20 I just yeah. just turned 20 before I left for Paris. <laughs> finally made it. I love it. You're right. You know, I finally, after all, I finally made it in Vogue. It was like that, that moment of... Oh, I was so happy. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't easy. I was doing, you know, I was doing like razor you know billboards and metro metro posters yeah. for for razors and yeah. doing nursing bras and catalogs and yeah i did a commercial for a commercial for vitel water but you know that's all commercial stuff and yeah. i really wanted to do fashion so be taken seriously yeah finally got into paris vogue <laughs> that's amazing that's good and then this one is this is this here in california yeah, or in your... just long beach that was just a test okay. for a photographer oh wow just you know, you sometimes you test with photographers to get pictures for them and uh-huh. their portfolio and my portfolio kind of cut a deal with each other where oh, okay. you model for free and you you know, oh, pay we- for the film development. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, a lot of actors do that as well. And yeah. I think musicians, uh, you know, pe- people in the arts and stuff like that. Um okay, so let's see. So, but originally, so th- this is interesting to me because I I know modeling is a, was a big passion for you, uh, but you were also very much interested in being behind the scenes. Right. Um, I wanted to be a designer. Yeah. Since I was 
little, and I didn't even know that was a job. Yeah. But I was creating clothes by the time I was probably like five. I even have the first thing I made for what? my Barbie. <laughs> yeah, I made a I made an off the shoulder sweater dress out of a sock. That just is very with 80s, scissors the off the shoulder. <laughs> and this was, I love that. That was it. Was in the sixties that I oh, made it. Oh, so you had it, which is crazy. Yeah, but yeah, I was designing clothes since I was tiny, you know. And I taught myself to sew, and then I would make outfits before school and wear them. I'd get up like the crack of dawn and just like draw around my body. Yeah, and make something to wear that day and I started theme dressing I dress like a cowgirl and a it's, it's in your it's in your it, blood it's so amazing that it came full circle really yeah that I actually that, got to do that yeah, for work yeah that that was the thing yeah <laughs> thankfully yeah and I really believe that everyone should work in in their passion what they really love to do yeah and not give up on that yeah, I, I think that is that is a constant message on here. It's like oh, you kind of, you know, it is a roller coaster of a story, but then at the end you're like, she made it, and she made it big, and, and you know, not not sort of compromising yourself and not – you talk about you had um, – when you were in Paris, you had something you called a moral code. Right. And you were like, I don't even know where this moral code comes from, but it, but I have it. Can you describe a little bit about sure. what, what that was? Yeah. Well, back – in 1980, it was common that the agencies, at least my agency, would um, make deals with photographers that you could go on certain jobs. You'd get paid more if you slept with the photographer. That's crazy. And some jobs, you couldn't even go on them if you wouldn't sleep with the photographer. Wow. So there was just a diff- different, you know, different way of life. And then they had parties that they we were expected to go to. And if we didn't go, then we couldn't get interviews. Wow. Um, and they were, I believe they were paid to stock the parties with women. Sure. I'm sure they got paid. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then later, I ended up being a person that was actually purchased through my agency, not not purchased and sold into slavery or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. you hear of happening sometimes. But sure. an introduction to me was purchased. And I didn't even realize that until years later. Are, are you talking about the the, the billionaire? Harem. Yeah, yes. the harem. Yeah, let let let's get into that. That um, so you okay? So you're going to a Paris party, unbeknownst to you. There's some behind the scenes going on. But so describe this party because it actually sounds like a really fun time. <laughs> Which one? The spaghetti party? The the the, 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 or pirate, the pirate party? The pirate oh party. my god, I yes. loved it. It was wonderful. I actually would like to attend that party. <laughs> Me too. I would go in a in a in a in a heartbeat. I would jump yeah. at that. It was so much fun, and I have all the pictures still of that yeah. party. So this is uh, it was wonderful. But I don't show the pictures because I'm hiding all the people. But yeah, <laughs> not everyone. I'm not hiding Adnan, oh. but. Yeah, yeah. Other ones I am. So so tell us about so you go to this amazing pirate party, it's it's and you meet this Saudi billionaire. Yeah, but I didn't know who he but was. But you did not I know, just, right. So my agent, my female agent, um brought me and a group of people. It was a group of us. We were at yeah. the Lowe's Hotel in in Monte Carlo. Yeah. Um I was invited to go on uh vacation for a few days with my agent. And I had in Paris and I had asked her originally, I said, well, how much will it cost? I just finished a big job. I've got money right now, you know, and she said, oh, it's free. And I said, no, 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 nothing's free. Nothing's free. You know, if if there's something up, you know, whatever, I've got a lot of cash and I can run really fast. And that's the way I used to do things (laughs) because I never knew what kind of situation I was going to be in. Yeah. I was flown all over the world with strangers and 
you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So um, we met with some of her friends at the hotel and they brought us in a, in the, in a limo, like a Rolls Royce limo to um, this party on the edge of a cliff overlooking the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And it was a bonfire and there were these pirates running around like shirtless pirates <laughs> with tattoos and like gold chains and long hair. And, um, it was hilarious. I'm just like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And we'd been drinking at the pool that day. Yeah, so, yeah. and we were drinking champagne in the, in the limo. Yeah. So it was so, that's the good life, you know, <laughs> we were laughing so hard. So I, I just dove in and, um, it turns out it was a, a it was a party for uh, Adnan's daughter's 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of people. It was a big yeah. dinner party. And then, so he um, he continued to, again, you didn't know who, who he was, but he continued to pursue you. Right. Um, and you finally sort of um, gave in, went on a, a coffee date or maybe a lunch date, was it? Right. And lunch he, at his mansion in Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. I still didn't know. There was no internet, so yeah. I didn't know it. How who could he was you? Or... And the cra- the craziest part, I, I again, I won't give away too much, but it was he knew everything about you. Right. Yeah, he, he told me that when I met him on his ship. <laughs> he he read your yeah. background. He said, this is where you grew up. These right. are your friends. These are where you, and, and you were like. He knew, I, he knew I did well in school. He knew what my parents did, where they lived. It, it, what was your? I mean, what was your reaction? Were I you was, like, "This is creepy," or why is like what? Yeah, it was scary, and it was scary. But then he said, "My security team insists on it." Yeah, I mean, I could see he had this big boat, but I really didn't understand. I was not a a student of politics back sure, then. Sure. Now I love all of that, but yeah, I was an artist, and I was in the fashion business. Yeah, and you know, I like art and animals and travel, but I wasn't into politics, so I. I really didn't understand. It's hard to grasp the the big picture. Of- and if I'd had healthier boundaries, I might have said to myself, "Whoa, this is a red flag. This guy knows too much." Yeah. How did he know that? I would have been more suspicious. But I I was used to because of my childhood. I was used to pushing down my own instincts and not listening to myself. Yeah. Which is a real problem. I think a lot of people that are abused in different ways they're taught to not listen to their inner voice it's it's a mechanism exactly yeah so they get they're more they're actually comfortable in strange situations where they become re-victimized because that's what you know yeah right it's it's subliminal i've i've i kind of get it now why i didn't listen to you know i didn't freak out over that i was just like oh all right whatever let's go on you know let's let's move on let's yeah um so you, to me, it kind of reads, you know, when when you're in a harem, it's, um, you know, it's like a, a contractual uh, agreement. But uh, to me, it read that you were actually um, in, in love with this man or or it was right. more than that for you. It wasn't it like was. a financial arrangement that must right. have been fun, but but it was deeper. Than I didn't that. I didn't yeah. want his money. And yeah. I I was independent by then and making my own money of course um and i didn't want anyone to own me i didn't want to be beholden to anyone yeah i didn't want anyone to control me so when he at first when he would give me you know well the first thing he gave me was a dress yeah but that was because my my outfit broke at his house (laughs) at a party my zipper broke 
So that was just kind of like, well, I need to wear I something. Need, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Dior. Okay. Oh, <laughs> but I, I was, you know, I, I was embarrassed, but I needed to, you know, wear yeah. something. So, but he, we went to Africa and he tried to give me a huge diamond and it, it just made me so nervous. I couldn't accept it. You know, I just couldn't. I think it said 20 carats. It was humongous. Yes. Wow. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I've, I feel like I would have pocketed it and been like, I could sell this. And I know. And do I should have think, I should have yeah, been yeah. thinking. I was but, so innocent. I think I was, I, I was too innocent, really. Yeah. Back then, I, I wish I would have taken it because I could have used the money later on. Yeah. But I, I never really felt like I needed the money because I was good You're, at working. Right, and that's the thing. He kept trying to dur- during your relationship. He um, wanted you to not work. Right. There was yeah. this constant, "I will take care of you." Right. And there was a constant from you, "No, I will take care of exactly. myself." <laughs> yeah. He wanted me to travel with him. Yeah. Stop working. Stop. He didn't like modeling either, which right. is ironic because that's how he found me. Yeah. But he didn't want me to model. He that was not a respectable business, um, and he wanted me to just travel with him. But um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't give up my career and yeah. my independence. No, I, I, that, that really stood out to me. I really appreciate uh, that about you. Your your Thank fighting you. spirit and your the the need to be independent. I that's something. And it, it may have come from the abuse as a child because yeah. I met someone recently. I actually in my in a, my Carlsbad book club that okay. she experienced the same kind of thing growing up. And she could totally relate to my desire for independence. And yeah. she said that it's so strong in her that people are just shocked by it. Wow. But we were talking a lot about it, and we we both felt that that was a um, a result. Yeah, just wanting absolutely. to be in control of our life. It makes sense. Yeah, you never want to be in that place of, of vulnerability uh, ever again. Right. Um, okay. Can I? Um, so the, the contract he gave you a contract. Can I read what the what the contract? And it was or, verbal. And it sure. was verbal <laughs> because I found this. I was just like, "What?" But I, I just want to tell viewers. Okay, and you so, have the you have the galley version, so I may have, I may have corrected it a little bit as I went on, but it's okay. But same it was something principle. Same principle. It was crazy. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll sort of make it short. But okay, so if uh, he says, "I will provide all your financial needs," right? Whoa. Okay, you can travel with me anywhere, see the world. Okay, if you need me, um, I'll call you back in in 24 hours and sent a plane to pick you up and then um he's allowed to have three legal wives and 11 pleasure wives right <laughs> and i didn't want to hear any of this because by that point what? i yeah. just wanted to kiss him yeah because we had gone through this courtship and all of this stuff i had seen him and seen him yeah. and i just wanted him to be my boyfriend yeah and he he would not. He said, I can't kiss you until you agree to this. Yeah. So I kept, I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, just whatever you're saying, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to kiss him. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but that, that, there's something that's very, very sweet about, about, I, I, I know it sounds weird for me to say, but there is something very sweet um, and sincere about the relationship you had with him for, for me as a reader. I know it, that sounds. It felt like it to me as a. Y- person yeah i thought it was great yeah our relationship was a very honest relationship yeah and he um and i want to say this uh he encouraged you to go to school right absolutely and and actually uh paid for your schooling he did he paid my tuition that was the one large gift that i 
gladly accepted. Gladly took, yeah. Because by that point, I had met some other girls that were studying to be doctors. And I just thought, you know, I need an education. I, I knew. And he told me, he said, you need to stop modeling and you need an education. If you're wow. not going to, if you're not going to travel with me, yeah, then you need to get an education. And I knew he was right. Yeah. And then I remembered that the reason I got into modeling in the first place was to pay for fashion design fashion school. school. That's right. And so I signed up and I told him how much it would cost, but I kept working so that I, because yeah. I, I didn't want to spend all the money, you know, yeah. he gave me $20,000 to pay for the school. That's amazing. And then later he gave me 10,000. So, you know, that was a lot back yeah. then. I mean, it's still it's a, a lot. lot now. <laughs> yeah. But now that school yeah, yeah. costs so much yeah. more, but back then it was cheap compared to now it's different that's right I think yeah it's like yeah 10 times as much as it as it was oh yeah it really has evolved yeah it's like one of the prime yeah 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 amazing um okay well what do you um what do you hope you know readers readers take from from this story well um i hope to encourage artists and creative people to not give up on their dream of having a creative career. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are raised by lawyers or like a more I don't know if it's right brain or left brain but not lawyers but like uh, math people or whatever and yeah. and they don't really understand that their kids need to create. So I wrote it for that reason. I was hoping to encourage young women to not sell out on themselves, not not give up their morals. Yeah. For what they believe in, don't sacrifice themselves. Um, I want I wanted to encourage people to continue on their path, even if they get hit with yeah. difficult things, to just keep forging forward. Um, so resilience. Um, there was another one. Fight for your freedom and independence. Yeah, to me, this is a, a story of uh, of survival. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Um. So you're Definitely. you're okay. You have a you have a teenage daughter. I She's do. actually here. <laughs> She's like, over there, over there, being super sweet. Um. So has she read this? No. She. No. She read like she read one disturbing page and she said no, I can't. No, I, I read the whole chapter. Oh, of the childhood. Oh. I don't want to give the, that one away. Yeah. Chapters. Oh well, wow! One of the most graphic ones. Yeah, she says that she read the the yeah the childhood chapter and it was very graphic and and um a lot for her to take in. Yeah, so what she said. So she didn't go any further, but my older daughter read it. Yeah, um, and she really liked it. Yeah, she really liked it. This is cool. Yeah. Well, I I just want to thank you for being so open, um, and you know sharing your story. And I think this is. Uh, Probably for anyone, but especially as a, as a woman reading this, it's very um, it's very powerful for for young girls, any woman, to read something like this. Yeah, and Th- there's another yeah. thing that is, if it's okay, if yeah, I interrupt please you. go right ahead. Um, I have found that in doing some book clubs, not just the ones in Southern California, but also Northern California, that after reading the book, women are much more open about different things in their life that they've felt shame about sure um like one book club i went to um they a a bunch of women like several Uh started talking about the different times they had been raped and and that that it had been like 
30 years ago and they had never told anyone still. Yeah. So I'm hoping that whether it's rape or whether it's drugs or whether it's anything that, uh, that a woman is ashamed of. Yeah. I hope that by speaking out about things that, that I felt ashamed of at one point in my life, that it would encourage other people to be honest about their life and be released from the secretive shame that makes you feel bad about yourself. Does that make sense? Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you. for being here. Um, Thank you guys for watching. And here it is, the currency of love, uh, Jill Dodd. And uh, let these folks know where they can find your book. It's um, it's at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. It's on Amazon. It's I think everywhere. You just go online and you can find it. And we have an audio book. Oh, that's we're, good. We're going to be in Russia. Russia bought the rights. Oh, and um, it's already available in Australia and in the UK. Well, congratulations. So, thank and thank you. you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Bye, guys. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.